relying on someone who doesn't know you or your situation to give you specific financial advice is just plain dumb. That's why everything said on this show is just helpful information. If you want specifics, give us a call. All opinions expressed here are ours. GenWealth Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC. Today on the Get Ready for the Future show, we continue our discussion of Get Your Mind Right. Retirement is about money, but as we tell you, your retirement should be more. On the show today, an interview with Mitch Anthony, a noted expert on the new retirementality. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome in all across the great state of Arkansas. John Shrewsbury sitting in for Scott Inman today, who is away on personal business. Uh, we have a, a cast of characters here today. Uh, it's always fun to uh, to tap our advisors on the shoulder in the office and say, hey, guess what? You're on the radio with us today. And, you, and, and they all go, who, me? <laughs> right? Today, right now? That's right. <laughs> Candace Stanley from our Bryant office. Uh, Austin Evans, who is our journeyman. He works in Bryant, also works in our mm-hmm. uh, West Little Rock office. And Tim Key, the professor of all things finance at Gen Wealth, uh, all joining me today on, on the show. Welcome in, guys. Uh, glad to have you here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, great to be here. Good, good. So I got a question for you. Well, let's let's start off the show with this. A little quick survey of, of the Gen Wealth Brain Trust here. What is more difficult? Dealing with a client's money as they go into retirement are dealing with the mental aspect of retirement as they head into their quote unquote non-working years. Candace, I, I would definitely say that mental, um, there's all different types of feelings and thoughts that people have about retirement. It sounds like the end or will they have enough money? So there are all these thoughts and feelings involved in that. The money aspect of it is actually relatively easy to us because it's what we do all day, every day. Right. But Austin, sometimes I think that, that we should be uh, you know, ha- have uh, train formal training as financial advisors, but also maybe have a psychology degree as well. Yeah, exactly. We become um, almost those counselor sessions uh, in those meeting rooms there. And I think a lot of people really struggle with, OK, I'm retiring. Now what? It's I've had a purpose. I get up, go to work every day. Now I what do I do? And we almost sit down with our clients and go and go through that list of what do you like to do? Do you like to hunt fish? Do you like to play golf? grandkids, think, things things like that. So it's a really a struggle for a lot of people. And Tim, nowhere is that struggle more difficult than with the guys because we're so tied to work being the, the real uh, kind of definition of who we are. Uh, I see guys struggle with retirement far greater in greater numbers than, than, than the ladies do. Yeah, usually when we sit down and ask a couple, you know, what, what are you planning on doing in retirement? The lady already has it figured out or she has answers for it. The men, they're tired of their job. They've been working a long time. They're ready to retire. It scares them a little bit because they know this, this is all they've known. And it's coming to an end. And what is next? Some of them have it all planned out. They're going to do the honey-do list. They've got their hunting trips planned and some of those things. But those things only last so long and only fill so much time. Well, I think that that obviously, you know, this is the the get ready for the future show, and, and guys are are really the oftentimes the ones that are building up a lot of money in their four hundred one k plans and things of that nature. Uh, ladies do that as well, but uh, the thing that I think that is a a lack of uh, preparation where guys don't get ready for the future is they focus so much more on the money. But they don't really think about, Candace, what Tim is talking about here, and that is what life looks like on the other side of that of that paycheck. Yeah, very often it's us ladies that are painting that picture, and, and we've got it all figured out, and we know that we're going to go on this trip and that trip. But yeah, those things end, but... We are also the makers of those honey-do lists, aren't we? You know? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. That's where those lists come from. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, we're obviously uh, stretching a little bit far afield of, of, of our expertise when we when we talk about the mental aspect of, of anything because we're not psychologists, but we do know an awful lot about what people go through as they make that transition from work to retirement. And and on today's show, we've got a great opportunity to to visit with one of the leading experts 
in retirement, and that is a gentleman named Mitch Anthony, and that may not be a household word in the state of Arkansas, but after today's interview, you're going to really know and understand why we subscribe to a lot of things that Mitch uh, says and does, because Mitch has has taken a look at this whole psychological impact of retirement, and not only just kind of studied you know where people fall short and that type of thing, but he really has some some answers about how to to grow old gracefully, if you will, and grow old successfully. And I think that that is a, uh, Austin, that's a word of encouragement that a lot of retirees could, could stand to use because a lot of folks look at retirement with, with some degree of dread. Yeah. A lot of people kind of feel they look at retirement as it's the end. It's the end of chapter in my life. And some people almost subscribe to that. And then all of a sudden that can really reduce uh, uh, life age expectancy just because mentally you get into the point of I have no purpose, no meaning. Um, you really have to retire to something and really have a focus and purpose in retirement. Tim, so much of the time we retire from something, from that boss, from that job, from that coworker that just won't leave you alone or whatever the case may be, you know, we're, we're trying to get away. And it's okay to to get out of the, the the frying pan, but when you jump into the fire, you know you maybe you've made your situation even worse. Well, there's lots of reasons why why we want to get away from something, but we also need to have a plan of where we're going to go. We have to have that purpose. Otherwise, like Austin said, you know, you retire, and then all of a sudden, if you have no purpose your life and your life expectancy really um, becomes much shorter. Yeah, I've, I've literally seen clients that, that did not have a very clear defined purpose in retirement. They went home and they sat down. In a couple of years, frankly, they were dead. Uh, they, yeah. they just did not have any reason to keep going. And that's not why you, you save all your life and you work all your life. Obviously, the money aspect is important. And that's the, the main wheelhouse of what we do here at Gen Wealth Financial Advisors. When you come in and sit down with one of our advisors, we're going to talk about the mental aspect, but we're also going to talk about the money aspect. The money aspect is, is obviously, uh, where our expertise lies. And we want to be sure that you've got that funding vehicle vehicle to be able to allow you to do the things that maybe you've wanted to do uh, during your your working years, but you just didn't have the opportunity to do so. Yeah. And John, uh, talking about, you know, we we map out a plan for you of your finances, but I think uh, talking about we're talking about the retirement mentality. That's in your plan as well. That's what we we factor that into on with your finances as well. You've got to have a plan. It's got to be on paper and on purpose. It has to involve your money because your money is what's going to fund your lifestyle. Your money will not be your lifestyle. It's going to fund your lifestyle. But we want to challenge you. We want to challenge you to think a little bit broader about what life looks like. I call it life 2.0. It it basically is a a chance to reset and, and, and go again. And the go again means that you're not having to be tied to an eight to five Monday through Friday. Yeah, very often you'll hear us talk about it in terms of work retirement. You're retiring to something. What are you going to do next? Retirement 2.0, what have you. But um, there may be a part-time job. There may be some volunteering. There may be some social things that you want to get involved in. What are your dreams? What are your goals? What would you like to do after you have that nine to five job? All, what have you? All great, great food for thought on a Saturday morning. Might be a little bit heavy for a Saturday morning, but uh, <laughs> no better time like the present. We would love to engage with you here at GenWealth Financial Advisors. You can reach out to us uh, on our website, getreadyforthefuture.com, or by simply giving us a call, 501-653-7355. That puts you in touch with Anna Olive, and she can set up a uh, consultation with a GenWealth Advisor to help you get down the road for retirement. Coming up, we've got that interview with Mitch Anthony, the author of The New Retirementality on the Get Ready for the Future show. Stay with us. We're back in just a couple of minutes. Like what you hear? The Get Ready for the Future show is always just a click away. Find us on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website, getreadyforthefuture.com. We'll be right back. Life can be so busy, it's hard to even picture retirement. That's why you need somebody you can trust. 
who will paint that picture and help turn dreams into reality. Plan, personalize, and protect your future with the team at GenWealth. Call 877-341-7355 to schedule an appointment. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. Welcoming into the fastest four minutes in investing for her first appearance is Candace Stanley, uh, one of our advisors here at GenWealth. And I'm going to put you on the spot, Candace. Do you know what the Fed Chairman, Jerome Powell, and Eric Church have in common? No, I don't, John. You don't. Let's tell us about Well, that. I'm a big uh, country music fan. Love Eric Church. Think he's uh, probably one of the best artists on on the planet right now. Uh, and he has a song, and, and in that li- in that song called "The Outsiders," he has a lyric that says, "A player's going to play, and a hater's going to hate, and a regulator's born to regulate." I think there's been some other artists that have used those lyrics. Well, but we'll, we'll you know, stick with Eric Church. Ter- Taylor Swift doesn't count. So, <laughs> but when we talk about regulating, uh, the Fed regulates the economy, and as we speak today. The Fed is in the uh, decision-making process Mm -hmm. to raise interest rates. By the time you watch this, the Fed will probably have already raised rates. And and we wanted to focus on that for just a moment because the Fed is the regulator in this scenario. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to keep the the, uh, economy sort of on balance. Uh, The Fed has two mandates, uh, Candace. One is to be sure that we have full employment. And I think we're pretty close to that Employment has hit an all-time low. Uh, unemployment has hit an all-time low, and so the Fed has has reached that mandate. Now, mm-hmm. with with interest rates beginning to rise a little bit, the economy heating up, their eyes are on inflation, and so what they're trying to do is they're trying to kind of pull back or act as a governor or a regulator, so to speak, on the economy as uh, as this economy goes into. Uh, you know, we're now at the uh, at, at a big anniversary for this economy. That's right. This month, March the ninth anniversary of our economic expansion so if you go back to economics class you'll remember there's expansion there's that peak there's the recession and there's that trough so the the uh, last longest uh, expansion was in the 90s and that was actually a 10-year run and barring any other uh, unforeseen circumstances uh, we in lpl research think that we've got a good shot at reaching that 10-year mark as well now let's go back to the lyrics for just a second because we, we've talked about the regulator. So the player, who is the player in this in this expanding economy? Well, right now it is the small cap stocks. Small cap stocks are on a rally and they've actually beat the S&P 500 over the last few months. And we expect small cap stocks to do pretty well in this type of economic environment. So we've got the regulator, we've got the player, but let's talk about the hater. So what about the haters? Well, who the, are they? Well, you know who the haters are. They're the always naysayers. out there. They're the naysayers. They're the ones out there that are saying, you know what, this economy is just not, you know, we're we're going to, it's going to blow up and what have you. And, you know, I think that the, the key there is that you've got to check the facts. You've got to look and see if the things that the, the haters are saying, the naysayers, are they saying things that are based in fact or are they confusing fact with their opinion or their politics? And there's a lot of that going on right now these days because uh, politics obviously gets involved in, in sure. most folks' opinion. But I think the second thing, uh, Candace, is to use them as sort of a counterbalance. I think the key in anything when it comes to investing is you have to remember that things are never as good or as bad as you think that they are. And so obviously striking a balance with that. And I don't know about the star power of of Eric Church or the Fed or anything of that nature, but I know that that the real star of this economy has been the market and what's going on. And we fully expect this market to continue its upward trend, barring any unforeseen circumstances. So that is the fastest four minutes in investing. Candace, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. We'll be back on the Get Ready for the Future show in just a moment. Join us for one of our live events in your area. Go to getreadyforthefuture.com slash events for a calendar. More of the Get Ready for the Future show after this. 
If you aren't following us on social media, you're missing out. Check out behind-the-scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. Just search for Gen Wealth on Facebook or follow us at Gen Wealth FA on Twitter. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Welcome back into the Get Ready for the Future show. You know, today, very few of us have the same view of retirement as our grandparents did. You know, in past generations, they actually lived out the the dictionary definition of retirement, which means to go away. Our, our grandparents literally, and many of our parents, as a matter of fact, left the workforce, went home and hit the recliner, and pretty much that's where they stayed. But all that has changed today. Retirement today is much more of a dynamic, active, and engaged lifestyle. And for the last two decades, one of the people who's been really at the forefront of this evolution of retirement thinking has been Mitch Anthony. In 2001, Mitch Anthony wrote a book called The New Retirement Mentality, and I don't know if it could be called groundbreaking or if it was just the embodiment of where the baby boomer generation was going, but the book has certainly made an impact. So joining us on the Get Ready for the Future show as we continue our theme in the month of June of getting your mind right is Mitch Anthony, uh, all the way from his home in Minnesota. Mitch, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Great. So what is the new retire mentality? Talk to us a little bit about the, the definition of this word retire mentality. Well, the whole thing for me, John, started I, personally, and I'm, I'm talking at a very personal level, I never really understood retirement. Uh, why I saw so many people who had worked careers for 35, 40 years in a job that they hated so they could someday get to a finish line and start living at age 65. <laughs> it made no sense to me, right? And, you know, this life is not a dress rehearsal. And when, you, when I started studying the history of retirement, and in 2001, this idea was uh, people looked at me kind of strange, like maybe I was smoking something. And today, the book's in its fourth edition. Like you said, the world's sort of caught up with it. And the idea is when, I, when we talk about retirement planning, what's the first thing people think about? They think about money because that's just the way we've been led to think about retirement planning. And what I often say to people is, what's the point of having a nest egg if you're going to put it in a dying tree? Uh, Most people, not most, I don't know what the percentage is, but most people don't spend much time thinking about how they're going to live out the next 30 years of their life. Now, when you're, you mentioned grandparents' retirement, the grandparents' retirement, they, they lived for two years, and that was it after they retired. Uh, today, people are living 20 and 30 years into retirement, and there's actually studies, John, that show that people spend more time planning a two-week vacation than they do a 30-year retirement. So what I'm basically saying to people is, first of all, if the idea of retirement doesn't resonate with you, then don't buy into it. Don't let the culture, don't let the institutions, don't let the world, don't let uh, you know the world at large tell you what to do with your individual life. Now, if you happen to work for a corporation that's going to push you out the door at 65, then you need to figure out what you're going to do to keep yourself engaged. And so that becomes the big issue. How do you engage at any age? So let's bring in uh, Austin Evans, who uh, has an interesting, unique perspective on retirement, being one of our younger advisors at at Gen Wealth. Your generation sees retirement a lot differently. So uh, what are your thoughts about what what Mitch is saying? And and then what questions do you have for Mitch? Yeah, yeah. Uh, What Mitch is saying, I think uh, it's a totally different mindset, especially with my generation. I've come from that millennial generation here. So I'm kind of the odd odd man out in this room here. So um, I kind of feel like a lot of uh, the millennials, we look at retirement not so much as it's a destination, but I think of more of like a work retirement mentality of sorts. I have a lot of friends, and I kind of think I fall into that category myself. It's not I'm trying to work 30 years in one place because I do think that's a rare thing and it's getting rare and rare where someone goes and works there for 40 years and they hate it and things like that. And then they just retire. Kind of what you were saying, Mitch, where um, I kind of think my generation, we we look at if we're not happy, we're going to go work somewhere else, work somewhere else and keep going. And then I think work well past, you know, 60s and beyond just because. With the advances in uh, the medical field and technology, people are living longer. So I think people end up working longer, well past what the normal retirement age age was, per se. Mitch, I think that that uh, this new generation is is much more in line with the line of thinking than maybe the, us boomers are. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, I think our parents, John. I don't know. If you're you're probably a boomer, but I know like my father. He always talked about the company store. You know, you just you worked for the company store, and then a lot of boomers. I don't know if that. I think that thinking began to change. Boomers changed a lot of things, and I think uh, I think at the end of the day, we figured out uh, some of these things, but we didn't always live them out, and. We've got the Gen Xers and the Millennials who are figuring it out as well. Um, but work work is an important thing to a lot of people. And I, for example, love what I do. I love what I do every single day, and why would I quit? And I know a lot of people who think that way. You know, when work was a four-letter word and you hated what you did, then it, was, then it just made sense that you wanted to retire. But what people don't understand is that retirement was an industrial age invention. It didn't even exist until 1885. It's, it's really a recent invention. And it was invented in a time when people were trading physical labor for a paycheck. And so it just made sense that when you got to be 60 years old, you didn't have the physical energy and the physical capacity. Uh, and so they would take you out of the assembly line and replace you with a 20-year-old. So I guess the idea made sense within that per, that very narrow context, but it doesn't make sense for people who are using their brain power or people who are trading relational capacity or people who are trading their experience for a paycheck because you can be 65 and still have great brain power and great relationships and great experience working for you and still like what you do. You do. And maybe, you know, the idea is maybe just slow it down a little bit, maybe add some balance to your life. Ultimately, I think we're all trying to find the right balance between, as I like to put it, between vacation and vocation. But the mistake that people make is they walk away from doing something meaningful in their life and think they're going to get, they think they're going to get fulfillment from playing all day from leisure. And the studies are in on that and it just doesn't work. We're talking with Mitch Anthony. Uh, he is one of the foremost uh, thought leaders on retirement, wrote a book back in 2001 called Retirement Mentality. And, uh, and we're just continuing this discussion on the Get Ready for the Future show this week as we focus in June on getting your mind right. Mitch, I don't know if you remember uh, this video. I, I, I was doing some research in anticipation of our interview, but uh, you did a speech one time where you talked about the new retirement mentality was embodied in three words. And those three words are emancipation, balance, and self-actualization. And when you talk about this this new thought process of retirement, that's really not so new anymore. We're really catching up to it. Those three words really resonate. Let's unpack those for just a second and talk about each one of them. Yeah, well, the, the emancipation, rather than saving to retire and, you know, jump in an RV and watch your navel expand for the next 20 years, how about saving for emancipation? Because I Often in the financial services in the industry, people would say, well, if, if people buy into what you're saying, they're not going to save for retirement. I, say, I said, no, uh, they, they've actually got a better motive, and that is save for emancipation. Save for the day when you can call your own shots. I mean, what better thing, John, can money do for you than to buy you the freedom to do what you want, when you want, with whom you choose at the pace that you desire? That is a, that is a great benefit of money. So that's the emancipation piece. The, the balance piece is the thing I alluded to here just momentarily is finding the balance between vacation and vocation. We tend to be a binging society, all work, no play, and then suddenly we're going to stop that and go into all play, no work. It doesn't work. And so there's just a fine balance that each person has to find for themselves, that balance between vacation and vocation. And we know this, that when all you do is play, the play's not as fun anymore. And so what makes you play fun is the fact that you're not working. And I don't know about you, but I've been on a few vacations where I couldn't wait to get back to work. Have you ever had that experience? Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Uh, and how, how long can you collect seashells? Well, and, and work is, is oftentimes so involving that uh, it's hard to get away from it. You do need the breaks. And, and, and there, right. there's almost this start-stop rhythm that people get comfortable with in terms of time off versus working. Yeah, that's right. And that's the balance that we're talking about. And the two things work together. Leisure draws its meaning from work. And 
and then when we are in leisure, we can realize at that moment how meaningful our work is and have something to do that, first of all, I need to define what I mean by work, because when I just say work, people are going to think whatever they're going to think. I define work as an engagement that brings value to others and meaning to you. Okay? An engagement that brings value to others and meaning to you. And notice I didn't say anything about money. Money could be involved or it might not be involved. So a volunteer engagement that brings value to others and meaning to you, that's work. Or doing work for pay that brings value to others and meaning to you. So at the end of the day, we all need meaning in our life. We all need, I don't know, was the third word you brought up fulfillment? Yes, self-actualization. So fulfillment. Self-actualization, right. So, I mean, living out what's inside of you. Right? And a lot of people end up taking jobs. I, I've counseled many people in sort of mid-career crisis in my life who say they're a, they've been a lawyer for 20 years, and they say to me, I, I can't do this another 20 years because there's something inside of them that wants to get out, and they want to do something else. And, and I'm sure you deal with this, John, and all, all the people in your office because people, they, they need to get their finances in order if they're going to make a mid-career shift. But at the end of the day, you've got certain gifts and you've got certain interests and certain curiosities and things that just trigger energy for you in your life. And if you're not doing those things every day, then you're going to find yourself feeling empty. Absolutely. We're continuing our conversation on the Get Ready for the Future show today with Mitch Anthony, the author of The New Retirement Mentality. Mitch has been one of the thought leaders about this whole mindset of retirement thing that that we're dealing with. And we're going to continue that conversation on the other side of the break. We want to remind you that you can reach out to us at Wealth Financial Advisors at uh, 501-653-7355 or go to our website at GetReadyForTheFuture.com and check us out. You also have an opportunity on June 19th, that's coming up very soon, 630 at the Crown Plaza, to join us for a workshop that we're doing called Roadmap to Retirement. How do you get to retirement? How do you get beyond retirement? And how do you live out this retirement that we're talking about today with Mitch? Join us for Roadmap to Retirement at 630 at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock on June 19th. You can give our office a call at 501-653-7355 to register. Back in just a moment. Don't touch that dial. Straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money is right around the corner. The Get Ready for the Future show returns after this. We've got Gen Wealth Academy workshops happening in your area. To find out more, visit our website at www.getreadyforthefuture.com slash events. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. We're continuing our discussion today with Mitch Anthony, the author of the new retirement mentality and 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 retirement mentality. I'll I'll quit butchering that word here in just a second, Mitch. Uh, in your book, Mitch, you talk a little bit about a concept called retirement whiplash. I've seen clients. <laughs> I've seen clients go through this. Uh, I, I actually had a client one time who could not wait to retire. And we got him retired and everything. And then about six months later, he gave me a call and I could tell that he was in a, in a rather loud environment, maybe even driving a truck down the road. And I said, what are you doing? He said, I got a job. And I said, you don't need a job. You've got a plenty of job. And he said, I got so bored at the house that I could not possibly stand it. And I had to go out and do something. I, I think that's where you're going with this retirement whiplash concept. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, you're right on. And, and by the way, 60% of the people that retire are going to go to work part-time within the first year, John. I mean, it's, and it's for that reason. First of all, here's, here's an, a little-known fact about retirement, that the divorce rate spikes in the first 18 months. And the reason is, the, you know, anyone who's had a successful relationship over time knows that one of the keys for a successful relationship over time is proper spacing, <laughs> right? <laughs> And absolutely, and uh, you, we've all heard the old adage: "I married you for better, or for worse, but not for lunch." Get out. And, <laughs> and then there was a woman in Texas came up to me after my after a client seminar I did, and she said, "Son, I'm going to give you the math on retirement." She said, "I got twice the husband, half the space, and he's getting bigger." 
<laughs> wow. <I> thought, well, <laughs> that is descriptive, right? And, and and I had another woman say to me, her husband was a retired engineer, and if I don't know if there's any engineers listening, but engineers are just meddling people anyway, right? And they, they just can't leave something alone. And she said on his first day of retirement, he decided to change the world by alphabetizing her spice rack. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, this story is going to get ugly. I think and I have so, some clients like that. Exactly. And so here's the deal. I mean, first of all, retirement's not a natural state. I mean, and so then all of a sudden, here you are in the house with nothing to do but metal, and and you're going to drive her crazy, and it just doesn't work. And so I, I meet, I'm on the road all the time. I just, just flew back in from a convention in Las Vegas yesterday. And I would say 80% of the limo drivers or the Uber drivers that I meet when I'm on the road are people who are retired. Right? Uh, absolutely. They, I see that all the time they, as well. They, yeah. They, they need something to do. And, and so, you know, people are often disparaging say, Oh, I guess I'm going to be pushing carts at Walmart. Well, I've talked to those people. A lot of them are doing it for the social interaction they're getting. Right. It's something to do, and they miss they miss aspects of meeting the public. They miss having something to get up for. And here's another thing that a lot of people aren't prepared for um, is the lack of structure in their life. You know, before they're retired, they've got a schedule to meet. They've got things to do. And all of a sudden, they're faced with zero structure, and that isn't good for a lot of people. And so this whole idea of retirement whiplash is you have all these grandiose fantasies about how are you going to live your life? And then, and then another thing is golf. I can't tell you the hundreds of people told me, oh, I was so excited I was going to golf every day. And then they soon came to the realization they weren't going to get any better at this game. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 they're, and they're playing with the same old grumpy guys every day listening to the mm-hmm. same old stories. Yep. Yes, right? absolutely. Yep. And, and how long – And what, it's like one guy said to me, he said, I used to get up and jump out of bed and be excited about it. Now he said I have to drag myself there. It's like watching – like the movie Groundhog Day. <laughs> and so, you know, we just, when life becomes absolutely predictable, it's, it's a mess. And so this is the retirement whiplash that I'm speaking of. We need to keep that variety in our life and we need to, uh, it, you know, uh, here's the deal. There's that honeymoon period with retirement. And then, like you said, six months later, they wake up and go, whoa, I don't think I can do this forever. Let's bring Tim Key into the conversation, Tim. Hey, Mitch. Um, Hi, Tim. Of, how are you doing? I'm Thinking that um, you know a lot of things you've said are just right on target here, and you know especially these retirees that we have that are approaching that time frame, and they are excited about retirement, but you know like you said, six months later, it's like I've got so much time and I got nothing to do because I've already alphabetized the spice rack. <laughs> and so yeah. these guys need meaning, they need purpose, and so can you go into a little bit more um, unpack this about purpose will define you in retirement. Money will yeah, fund you. Yeah, I certainly can, Tim. I, and, and by the way, I, I meet a lot of retirees who say, I'm so busy now, I don't know how I ever worked, right? And, and my answer to them is, what are you busy doing? Because we need to be busy doing things that are meaningful to us, just not doing busy work, right? And so if you're busy doing, you know, fixing things and helping the kids and spending time with the grandkids and all those fun things, that's great. But if you just... Yeah, I've also heard people say, well, don't go to the pharmacy and the dry cleaners the same day, so you always have something to do. Wow. Really? <laughs> it's, it's come to that, <laughs> right? And so one of the things we've learned about people that live long and well is that they have a sense of purpose in their life. And people save up for retirement and they get the money, but I'm going to tell you the money isn't a purpose, right? Money's there to fund a purpose, but money won't find a purpose. And you've got to have a reason to get up in the morning. You know, one of the long, one of the greatest stories of longevity on our planet is Okinawa Island off Japan, where they have more centenarians than any culture in the world. And by the way, one of the things they found in, in the book, The Blue Zone, studying longevity on the planet Earth, was that these people on Okinawa Island didn't even have a word for retirement. But they did have a word that they kept hearing over and over. It was Ikigawa. And when they, the, the, but the best way we could translate that word is Ikigawa is what's your reason for getting up in the morning? And wow. they would have this conversation. You'd hear an 80 year old and a 90 year old talking about Ikigawa. That's good. Well, we need to start asking that question in America. What's your reason once you retire? What's your reason for getting up in the morning? Because if you don't have a reason for getting up in the morning, you're going to start getting up at 11. And if you don't have a reason for getting up in the morning, you're going to stay at the 19th pole till way too late. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Yeah. And, and we see a lot of both of those phenomenons. And then we, you know, sitting in front of the television with nothing to do. So it's, we need to have a purpose. We need to have a reason to get up in the morning. And that's one of the reasons I just absolutely loathe the concept of retirement America that says, once you reach 65, you're no longer needed. Since when? I'll tell you this. I've studied this for 20 years. Retirement at its core, the, the cornerstone of all retirement policy uh, is is ageism, nothing else. It's the belief that all people are equal at 65 years old, and I don't buy into that belief. And so just because you're 65 years old doesn't mean you have meaning, don't have meaning and purpose in this world. And so it's important to spend some time thinking about what can I do every day that's meaningful and how can I be useful because we have way too many retirees walking around with feeling aimless in life. Mitch, as a as a boomer who is not too far away from from age 60, as I look at the future, you know, one of the things that scares me to death about about aging is I'll, I'll use the word being marginalized. And, and I think that's kind of where you're you're going with this is that as a society, we tend to marginalize people who have the greatest amount of experience and the greatest amount of knowledge about things and, and things of that nature. And so as people look at aging, they, they see that aspect of society, but they also see, you know, increased health problems. They also uh, see, you know, increased mental uh, issues and what have you. But you really do talk about a, a concept called successful aging. Tell us a little bit about what's behind that phrase and how we can age successfully. Yeah, well, before I do, I, you, you open up a can of worms with this marginalization idea, John. It's a really good observation on your part. And, and I'll tell you, the word relevance means an awful lot to baby boomers, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Right? Being, being relevant. And, and I don't like this idea of being marginalized because of my age. I live in Rochester, Minnesota, home of the Mayo Clinic. Let me, let me put a question to your listeners. If you needed to come to the Mayo Clinic and have a surgery, do you want the surgeon who's done 4,212 surgeries or the surgeon who's on their 30th? I'll take the 4,000. Right? Absolutely. And that, and by the way, that guy is my golf partner and he's, he's the world's best surgeon on livers and kidneys and experience means something. And yet when, when that surgeon gets to be close to 65, the clinic's going to start trying to push him out. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Does it? When people are at the top of their game, they've learned all the lessons that can be learned. They made all the mistakes that can be made. And now our, our culture, our institutional culture, our culture at large wants to push them to the margins. So I just thought I'd throw a comment on that. And on the topic of successful aging, here's, here's an observation. Nobody wants to just live long. We all want to live long and well, right? And let me throw a couple studies out to you. They're fairly recent. Uh, the most recent came out of uh, a university, I think it was Cambridge in, in the U.K., and they found in the first year of retirement you suffer a 30% short-term memory loss. Think about that. That's another incredible. study. Yeah, another study showed, and this is why retirement's changing. This is why people are deciding to work long. Another study here in the United States showed if you work one extra year to age sixty-six, you increase your lifespan by eleven percent. Another study showed, and this is from uh, on the topic of Alzheimer's and dementia, that the number one behavioral lifestyle factor affecting the progression of both those diseases is the lack of intellectual stimulation in your life. So this is why I say that the whole institution retirement is going to get turned upside down for health reasons, because people are going to realize being engaged intellectually is a really important thing. And so the vitamin C's of successful aging is really just a summation of the great uh, findings of successful gerontological research in the last 35 years. And it's pointed out these factors such as challenge, maintaining intellectual and physical challenge in your life. That's one of the vitamin C's. Connectivity is a key. Staying connected to people you love and people that love you, staying connected to people that you're energized by and people that you, you like being with, they're energized by you, you're energized by them. We, we've known this for years, that staying connected to those people is really important for successful aging. So what do we do in America? People retire and they move to some gated village 1,500 miles away where they don't know anybody. <laughs> and yeah. guess what? 
guess what? 70% of them will be moving home within a few years because it just, it just doesn't work. Uh, so connectivity is one of those vitamin C's. Curiosity is one of those vitamin C's. That's one of my favorites. And that is waking up every day, wanting to learn, wanting to know something, taking on something new, challenging your mind to, to stay in touch with what's changing the world. Like one retiree said to me, he said, Mitch, I don't want to be a historian. He said, I've been down to the cafe, played cards, and drank coffee all day with the retirees. And he said, by Thursday, it was all reruns. He said, I don't want to be a historian. I want to be a futurist. I want to stay in touch with the future. I remember hearing a, a Canadian artist who was 91 years old talking about how two days a week she went to lunch with young ladies that were 50 years younger than her because she wanted to stay in touch with what's going on in the world. So keeping your curiosity alive is really the fountain of youth. Uh, when you get to the point where you, you've heard it all, you've seen it all, and nothing, not, there's nothing new under the sun for you, that's when you get old. And, and we all know people who are 80 and act like they're 40, but we all know people who are 40 and act like they're 90. What's the difference between the two? Well, <laughs> one, decided to get, one decided to get old and the other didn't. And I always tell people, old and age are two different things. Age is a chronological marker traced from your date of birth, but old is an attitudinal marker traced from the day you decide to get old. It's all about the decision. It really is about the decision and the attitude. And, and by the way, one of the most astounding pieces of research I've seen came out of Yale. And this, this piece of research shows how you can add seven and a half good years to your life. And you know what it is? It's about your attitude toward aging. Wow. That's profound. Now, that's, that, that's an amazing, startling finding in research that when you look at age. So when you ask people, how old are you? And they almost apologetically say, oh, I'm 65. Well, when you're apologetic like that, you're, you're, in a, you're already in a place of resignation. We shouldn't be apologizing for our experience, our age, our maturity. We should be rejoicing in it. And when you have the right attitude toward it, it adds seven and a half good years to your life. Now, that's, that's an amazing piece of research. Absolutely. Mitch, we got to leave it there for time purposes. We appreciate you joining us on the Get Ready for the Future show. Mitch Anthony, the author of The New Retirementality. To financial independence isn't easy, but it starts here. Back with more financial wisdom from the Gen Wealth team after the break. You're listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. Tired of the commercials? We are too. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Lots of opportunities to engage with your GenWealth team as you get on that road to retirement. Roadmap to Retirement is our next workshop. It is coming up on Tuesday night, 630 at the Crown Plaza. Still a few seats available for that workshop. You can actually go online to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events and register there. Roadmap is a great workshop regardless of where you are on the retirement journey. You may be in your 30s, 40s, 50s, or 60s. It doesn't matter. We've got some information information for you at Roadmap to Retirement. It is completely free of charge. Uh, June 19th, that is this coming Tuesday night, 630 at the Crown Plaza in Little Rock. Or you can call our office if uh, you're not available to get on our website. Call our office, 501-653-7355. You can leave a voicemail message this weekend and let us know that you'd like to be a part of Roadmap to Retirement, and we will get you on the agenda. Also, coming up on uh, July 26th, our our mid-year outlook. This is where Gen Wealth and LPL Research partner together to talk about what we see as far as the future is concerned with the markets and the economy for the second half of 2018. You want to go ahead and put this on your calendar, July 26th. Same location at the Crown Plaza at 6.30, July 26th, mid-year outlook from LPL Research and GenWealth Financial Advisors. Guys, I, I really did enjoy that that interview with Mitch uh, in, in causing us to, to just think a little bit differently about this whole retirement landscape. And and I, I personally picked up a few things that, that I can pass along to mm-hmm. our clients that I think are, are helpful. Austin, what were your observations? Yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, he, he said some things. He said one one fact that was uh, really startling to me. I knew it was a high percentage, but didn't think it was that high. He talked about how uh, 60% of retirees, they'll go get a job within the first few years of retirement. And uh, that's just, that's just to me, it's a large percentage amount. And I think that goes back to what we were talking about prior to the interview and what Mitch uh, touched on of retiring 
to something, having that purpose. I uh, think of what Candice, you were talking about volunteering earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, what what I noticed at our church, um, we do we deliver food bags, and I do that as well to to school children during the school year. And the in the vast majority uh, age wise of folks who do that are people who are retiring. And it's a purpose for them. And that just when I heard that that statement for them, it wasn't getting a job. It was finding a purpose in volunteering and helping younger children out. The one thing that I love, Kansas, he talked about the fact that curiosity is the fountain of youth. That gives an old guy like me hope, right? (laughs) Yeah, you don't have to stop learning. You are still relevant if you are 65 and retired. There's no reason that you can't still uh, contribute and still, like you said, find your purpose have something to do every day. I mean, that just keeps people going. Tim, you know, when you think about this whole purpose thing, I know you asked Mitch about this, and and he said that, you know, your purpose will define you in retirement. Your money will fund you. Uh, But you've got to have that purpose ahead of time, But uh, because otherwise the money really doesn't matter a whole lot. No, it doesn't. And But the money is necessary. And so mm-hmm. I was thinking while he was speaking about my mom, we're working um, toward her retirement. She's working toward her retirement. I'm helping her. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, her purpose is to be able to make more trips down here from Missouri to be able to see her grandkids mm-hmm. in, in, in their sports and in their athletic games. Oftentimes, and Janet, if if, uh, if she were here, she would talk about the fact that, that her parents uprooted off the farm in eastern Arkansas and moved to Saline County when her son was born and have been here ever since. Of course, her dad has passed away, but uh, her mom is here and that's and, and they actually are vacationing together because uh, that is the the I guess the embodiment of, of living out life mm-hmm. uh, and, and, you know, having that time together is is something that as a retired person. I know uh, Janet's mom is is cherishing the fact that they can travel the country mm-hmm. and uh, be gone on I don't know a fifteen week vacation. Or whatever <laughs> it feels it like, it. like it, right? Yes. Feels like yes. it. Where is we she? miss you, Janet. <laughs> uh, but but obviously it's something that that you know they've worked very very hard to get to that point to do, and they're able to live that out now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think of my own grandparents as well. Uh, they've been retired for quite a few years, and they live in Texas. Uh, recently, within the past two weeks, they've decided. We want to move to Arkansas, close to most of their grandkids. And then also um, a future great-grandchild kind of really triggered that. Um, but but for, for them, they're really thinking of they're uprooting their lives from an area in Dallas to here. And they're trying to figure out, okay, I'm retiring for family purposes. But outside that, what am I going to do? Now, just for clarity's sake, you're talking about your sister. My sister, yes. Not, I realized after I said that. So if my, yeah, wife listens, if my wife listens, she'll get a little upset at me. But yes, yes it's my sister. <laughs> Wanted to make sure that wasn't. Thank you. Thank you for saving me, Josh. Breaking news. <laughs> Thank you for saving me, yes. That's yes. Great. But uh, my grandfather, for instance, he plays golf. Uh, I would say, I believe it's three days a week with some buddies down there. And one of the conversations I had with my mom recently talking about her dad was, we got to find him some some buddies up here, some retired buddies for him something to do in retirement mm-hmm. because he he will get bored. He he just he knows he will, and it's it's something that he's he's looking forward to, but also he's a little concerned about. But it's that retiring to something for family and then uh, being able to interact more. Yeah, I think of my own grandfather too. He uh, started a food wholesale food distribution yeah, company yeah. in Texas, and uh, when he retired, you know he needed that purpose, something mm-hmm. to do. Because he was not going to sit still, <laughs> yeah, you know, yep, the man yep. who, that working, not working was just not oh, an yeah, option. Yeah. So he started a garden and this garden got bigger and bigger mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. bigger. And then towards the end of his life, he even started like just a little fruit and vegetable stand, yep. you know, and it was like, OK, he's starting this business completely over yep. again. You and know? that goes back to uh they're the fountain of youth with mm-hmm. you don't have to stop learning thing that we talked about earlier as well. Your grandfather, he learned gardening and yeah. was, was he a gardener naturally before that or was that something he picked up? No, it was like full, wholesale food distribution. So okay. he was always into yeah, food. Yeah. So then he just started growing it himself. It. I got yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stop and think about this, guys. What could you do if you didn't have to go to work? What could what would your life look like if you didn't have to go earn the paycheck? If you had a paycheck coming in? on a regular basis, and you had all this wide open space in front of you, what would life look like? I think that's a question that that you've got to get settled because you've got to bridge that gap between means and meaning. Mm-hmm. You may have the means to retire, but do you have the meaning to retire? That's the key as, as Mitch was going through this. And of course, 
In our world at Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, our number one job is to make sure that you have the means and make sure that you have a plan to allow those means to provide that regular monthly predictable income that is going to come into you so you can live out those dreams, Tim. Yes, I have prospective clients that'll ask me, you know, how long do you plan on working? And I tell them right now I'm doing what I love to do and I see no end in sight. But, you know, that's one of the things we have to coach our clients is that you have to have something after retirement. I think one of the things that Mitch had talked about was your attitude. And that attitude Mm -hmm. goes, you know, we try to teach that to our 11 year old and 15 year old at home. But for retirees or anyone in that stage, you have to have a good attitude about Mm-hmm. That age, mm-hmm. that that is so so important. That attitudinal outlook, uh, you know, and I don't know if this story is true or not, but I think you guys probably have have heard the the old story that that talks about the guy that got locked into uh, the the refrigerated uh, meat locker type thing and and literally thought himself into freezing to death, but the temperature in the meat locker that it, it wasn't actually on that it actually mm-hmm. uh, he actually actually killed himself by his thought process. Now, I don't know Mm -hmm. if that story is true or not, but I think that's where Mitch was going with this is that you can shorten your life expectancy through your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, Going back to, uh, I know earlier we touched on uh, some people think it's the end when they get to retirement, it's the end and they subscribe to it. And attitude is a choice. And some people you can choose to go and uh, this is it. I'm done. I've got, you know, a few years left to live or go you know what, kind of what your grandfather did and said, oh, this is a new opportunity. It's I can do something fun yeah, exactly and, right. and enjoy my retirement and have a, a, a high quality of life. To do something that you love or you've always wanted to do, yes. learn something new you've always wanted to learn. Yep. We say that your retirement should be more. We've got a book coming out later this year called Your Retirement Should Be More. What is your more? If you don't really know that, Come sit down with us. We'll talk through that. We'll talk through the money aspect, and hopefully we can design a plan for you to make the whole issue of the means irrelevant, that that it actually is there for you, and you don't have to really worry about it. You worry about what it is you're going to do in the future. That's going to wrap things up for the Get Ready for the Future show for this weekend. Uh, for Scott Inman, Janet Walker, in their absence, I, I really appreciate our, our team stepping in and, and helping us out on the show today. And we will be back with you guys next week on the Get Ready for the Future show. The GenWealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 844-869-PLAN. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIP. We'll